Hello, everyone. Welcome back. 2024. We're here. We're excited to be here with you. Wanted to give you a quick heads up. Callie's microphone wasn't working for like the first five, ten minutes of this episode for whatever reason, but we got it fixed for the majority of it, so have no fear. Also, we make this announcement in the episode, but just wanted you all to know that we are going to be publishing from now on, starting not this Monday, but next Monday, the 15th, we will be publishing our episodes on Mondays from here forward. Every week on Monday. Just giving you a heads up and you can expect it in your podcast feed then. Thank you all so much for being here. We're looking forward to 2024. It's going to be kick-ass and awesome. But now, we're going to learn who won 2023. We are recording on the eve whatever that opposite of Eve is, of January 6th, um, as some person on, twi- on Twitter referred to it as white person Juneteenth, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, um, my God. Not to downplay the significance, but it was really funny. And I think, like, a lot of people are like, you know, new year, new me. That's what I always say on this show. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe it, but I think it's stupid, so I say it. But... I don't want to understate the fact that law and order in this country doesn't exist anymore. And evidence of that. Thank you, Joseph Robinette Biden, you worthless cuck. And evidence of that comes to us from where else but Leeds, Alabama. Of course. A man crashed his car outside a Bass Pro Shop, the most American of institutions. Yes. In Alabama, stripped down to his birthday suit, for those of you listening at home, that means naked, and plunged into the giant aquarium inside the store. The ordeal happened Thursday night in front of shocked shoppers in the town just outside of Birmingham. The 42-year-old Alabama man did a quote-unquote cannonball leap into the aquarium and then stood under a waterfall. He left the water to yell at two officers then dove back into the aquarium. To to quote Blair Erskine, the comedian from Atlanta, uh, obviously this is a pool because if it was an aquarium, it'd have a top on it. Yeah. And uh, is this not America if you cannot swim in a public pool? Wow. That is, if you can't swim in a public pool... I feel like maybe the problem isn't that he was swimming. It was that he was naked and it was private property. But who knows? Bass Pro Shop is a public institution. And I think by law, it should de facto be considered public. Do I think the man being naked is problematic? Yes, absolutely. But I think if you were to take this to the Supreme Court of the United States, they would interpret Bass Pro Shops as a public institution Thank you. I rest my case. Free Bass Pro Shop Man. Uh, obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Don't endorse this behavior. And clearly, this man uh, was going through something, and I hope he gets the help he needs. But this was a, a objectively wild event, and one that I think, apropos of nothing, you know, good way to kick off 2024, because this year is going to be absolutely wild and unpredictable. So this episode coming out Sunday, January 7th, but from now on, you can expect episodes to be Mondays going forward. So starting January 15th, is that right? Is that the next Monday after tomorrow? Possibly. That sounds right. I'm bad at fast math. <laughs> it's 15th, a number. So starting, it's a date. Starting January 15th, 
you can have us regularly in your podcast feed going forward because we love you and we're here for you. And uh, Mondays, they suck. So let we us help you make, make them, them suck better. less. That's right. You're welcome, America. We're doing a public service here. Let's talk about the end of the year, even though it's the, well into the beginning of next year. Favorite moments, favorite highlights of this past year for you. What what does that look like? What are you looking yeah. forward to before I, we get into our awards? I really think that the highlight of last year for me was the Appalachian Studies Conference. Um, I know. I got to hang out with you for like a bunch of days in a row, which is fun. Um, Kendra was there, which is also fun. Um, Super fun. And we met like a solid 20% (laughs) of the people who listened to our show. It was amazing. Like we, we listened, we, there were hundreds and hundreds of people. um, And, and we got to meet a lot of people who had great ideas for the show, who had great feedback, who loved what we were doing. And that was exciting to me because getting to interact with the people who care about, you know, what we care about is really exciting. And 20%, that was just, that's not actually true. That was, that's pretty, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, I was going to say, that's a low high, maybe like five, maybe one, I don't know. But it, it was a lot, we'll say that. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. That Okay, so I'll say that was a highlight for me too, selfishly, because that was also the same time that I got to meet my baby niece for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... That was the first time I came back after she was born, which was great. But also the ASA conference was awesome, too. Not downplaying that. It was just a great weekend for me. It really was. Banner, banner time of the year. So I agree. I also liked the uh, Big Ideas Fest. That was a lot of fun. And um, we had some really strong episodes, especially the beginning of this year, that I think really set the tone for the year, mm-hmm. um, including... The Norfolk Southern coverage, including the uh, interview we did with Erica, the sex educator, um, which I sadly wasn't there for, but it was an amazing episode. So from a conscious Philip Bowen thought, coming on. Philip I mean, Bowen. That was amazing. And him being we, on America's Got Talent. I mean, my God. Yeah. Hell yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, we had so many great union stories. App Harvest mm-hmm. got booted out of the region, which is fabulous. Um, yeah, you found the most hilarious clip of JD Vance that has ever existed, and that was like our mo- our most watched video of the year. <laughs> that was our first video on any platform that's gotten over a million views, and I am so proud that it was JD Vance. Embarrassing of course, it was JD I, Vance. I, my heart, you all on the internet. I hate the internet most days and social media, but boy, you all gave me something to love and be proud of. So thank you for that. Yeah, we had a lot to celebrate this year. There was um, there were there were many great moments. I I also will say I feel bad though sometimes when I look at that video. I'm like, I just took this clip that that was recorded by some like news outlet and repackaged it in five minutes, and it did that. Whereas like there are some people like real authentic content creators who are not like the douchey ones that put hours and hours, sometimes days into videos to get even close to that. And I'm like, derp, I just did this, but whatever. Anyway, that's how it works. It was a great clip. I mean, you have to work with what you're given and you were given straight gold. 
we are always given straight gold from the man who harvests nothing but shit. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to this year? Okay, wow. Um, so you're going to be crazy and tough because it's an election year, yeah. which is going to be brutal for America, um, for democracy, for all of our collective sanity. So what I'm looking forward to is a good balance of covering election things, talking to politicians, talking about the issues that matter in this region, while also injecting a very wholesome helping of levity because I've always felt like that is the value that I've tried to bring to this show. I don't consider myself a comedian, but I also like to not take myself seriously the entire time. So I'm hoping to continue doing that in a way that is hopefully appealing to people and not in a way that is cringy. So yeah. that's my goal. I'm looking forward to and, and you we're gonna have holding some banger you. people. Yeah, we're going to have incredible. I, I'm that's what I'm so excited about. I was actually going to make a joke that that I think you're going to have to hold me back from bringing on like every political person <laughs> in the region. Probably because I think that like just based on what we're seeing, we're going to have such um, we're going to have the ability to show you guys uh a lot more than we've ever been able to show you before because this show um this show can now get interviews <laughs> that we couldn't get before um that we really want to bring to you all and to make sure that that we're using what the platform that we have to get out the the best possible content and best possible people that we can. Um, that's what I'm really looking forward to this year. And also just like, I really want to bring Sherrod Brown back on and I really want to talk to Sherrod Brown. Sherrod Brown is high on the list, probably one of the highest on the list for us. Cause that's one of the most important races in the country, if not the most important race in the country, other than the presidential election and a former, the guest of the show, of course, and always just a great guy. He's certainly high on the list. Um, love him anybody on that tops your list on on people to get on the show yeah i mean there's a ton i i, I would have to think of all of them one thing i do want to say though is our intent is to have a good balance of political and non-political because i know uh our listenership is diverse and they like a good mix and so this is not going to just be a straight up only political year because i know some people need a break from that especially with having it shoved down their throats constantly in a presidential year but we also want to have our like the regional perspective on it too so that's why we have some of those people yeah so sherry brown definitely on the list gloria yeah. johnson who's running against marcia blackburn in tennessee uh high on the list because she's just a, a fucking great person powerhouse awesome lady uh, musicians in the entertainment industry. I would love, love, love to get some more bluegrass people on bluegrass adjacent. Just I, I want to really expand mm -hmm. that palette more because I think there's so much good talent coming out of the region right now. I was talking to my mother-in-law and my wife just actually about that very thing. She was saying, "Wow, there's like a lot of good yeah. people coming out of Kentucky," and I was like, "Yeah, buddy, you know it." Yeah, a lot. And we want a lot. Them. It's very exciting. I think it's going to be an incredible year. Um, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna definitely like you like you said be hitting a lot of ground. Um, from from the cultural to the political, and it'll be um it'll be really fun. And I think the last thing I would say, looking forward to, I want to really sink our teeth into some of those things that are not getting enough attention, but that are really important. 
things like, um, you know, App Harvest is a good example of what we've talked about this past year, where not getting a ton of attention nationwide, something that deeply affects the region that, you know, we're perfectly capable of being amplifiers of. I want to dive really heavily into stuff like that this year and really be deliberate about being, I hate this word, but I'm going to use it, thought leaders on Appalachian stuff. Yeah. Always one of our goals is to platform voices that that are otherwise not getting attention or just that are not as well known or that maybe are under the radar but still like so freaking important to the region. We always try to do that and I think yeah. That's just always been the goal, and I'm hoping that you know we're able to do that again and find some unique, interesting people who are doing really important, awesome things that maybe most people don't know about or that more people need to know about. And that's why we're trying to expand yeah. this platform. Uh, the the number one, yeah, absolutely. What re- that like kind of reminds me of is Appalachian Queer Film Hell Festival. Yeah. We were able to connect with them last year, and they had an incredible festival, and hardly anybody knew it was happening um not that we like not that we were the only people talking about it but like i feel like a ton of people got we got a ton of feedback saying what incredible work that is that they're doing and how people didn't know about it and that's what makes me excited about that lane of work is bringing really really cool amazing events and people and happenings and organizations to our audience because we love you guys so much now, before we get into the award winners, Kelly is going to tell you all just a little bit about our friends at the Southern Foodways Alliance and their podcast, Gravy. Hey, are you looking for a taste of something new or to learn more about your favorite food? Then you have to check out Gravy, the chart-topping and James Beard award-winning podcast sharing stories of the changing American South through the foods we eat, produced by the Southern Foodways Alliance and distributed by APT Podcast Studios. From the evolution of the egg roll in a small Texas town to the joyful Black history of sweet potatoes, Gravy will leave your mouth watering, all while serving a greater perspective of the South and its unsung and delicious culinary history. So don't miss out. Follow Gravy wherever you get your podcasts. Awards, Let's awards, do awards. It. Let's we do got it. the Let's awards. This is what is the f- is are we at fourth annual? Fourth Fuck. annual. Have I been doing it this long? You've been doing it a really long time, man. Oh my god! December twenty nineteen was when I started the show, and we're at January twenty four. Golly. Okay, yeah. Fourth annual. Here we go. Big. Big awards. Um, narrowed down the the list of them this year, but heavy hitters. Some new names that you may not recognize. Some names that you will recognize. Uh huh. And um, also, so we've got you. First of all, led the charge on all of this, and I thank you tremendously for it. We have user. That's not the right word. We have listen <laughs> listener voted on awards which many of you know about we also have a handful of host awards awards that the hosts have chosen themselves hosts Mm -hmm. meaning myself and callie which are very great we are we are introducing them in real time for the first time right now and both of them one million percent will be back next year yeah (laughs) This year, we had hundreds of 
nominations for a ton of really incredible people. Uh, we we saw such breadth and depth of nominations from people that even we have never even like never heard of that I had to look up or whatever and and all the way to people who we've known all the time which just goes to show me that you guys have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your communities and that you're leading this conversation of what what is great about Appalachia? And that was what was so cool to me about, about these awards is that we did see so many names. It's not, it's not just the same old, same old. This region is evolving and changing and growing and bringing new people in. And that's what's so exciting. So, um, let's kick this off with Appalachian business of the year. The nominees for this one are Raven and Crone out of Asheville, North Carolina. Then we have Taste Bud Eats out of New Martinsville, West Virginia, and YNST Magazine out of West Virginia as well. Chuck, the winner is YNST Magazine. Woo. So I have heard of YNST Magazine before. I didn't, first of all, I didn't know about, I don't think I really knew about any of these nominees, which is great because, you know, one of the fun things about these awards is, now we know about three really cool businesses that we can yeah. patronize um, or and support. Uh, YNST Magazine, really, really cool publication. Very excited for them. Very excited to check them out. Um, yeah. And I love the name. You're not seeing things. That's just that's you're really not seeing things. I really like that too. Um, their magazine uh, that's both digital and print that is dedicated to amplifying the unseen creative voices of Appalachia's arts and culture. I, I that. think this is a really important publication and I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I didn't know about it until uh, like just a few months ago. And now I I've seen the work that they're doing. It seems really great. Um, and I just, it makes me excited that they won. Congratulations to YNST. Congrats. Very cool. Uh, I'm going to check them out now. Cause that's awesome. Support your local media. Yeah, let me just actually, I can make this easy for folks. Their handle um, on on Instagram is literally just YNST Magazine. Um, and you can follow them there. And uh, definitely give them some love. Subscribe, like, follow, amplify. Let's do it. Yep, and check out the other ones too. We'll put a, we will we will include um, as much contact information or, or social media information of them as we can in the show notes. So check it out. All right. The next award, our first host created uh, from the Academy, as we like to call it, award. <laughs> this is um, near and dear to our hearts, of course. Uh, you know, we focus on, on public officials on this show quite a bit, like to hold them accountable and uh, we like to give awards out that um, reflect the values that they bring to the table. Couldn't and have with said that, it better myself. Thank you. With that, I present what is the first of hopefully a storied tradition of handing out this award, the first annual J.D. Vance Award for Political Courage. Mm, now I can see this award is going to be, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a, a fan favorite. Yes. 
And so we don't get sued. J.D. Vance had nothing to do with this award. He does not endorse it, and we are not saying that he is in any way associated with this award. Thank you. This award is given out to an individual that completely debases themselves in a public forum and, when given the opportunity to do the right and courageous thing, does the exact opposite. Mm. I cannot wait to hear who wins this award, Chuck. Well, (laughs) I am not lying when I said that there was stiff competition for this. Very stiff. And uh, it was not an easy decision, I will say that. But... I wanted to uh, really think about who who really had the chance to step up in a major public forum and do the right thing. And they chose to not do that, but just completely shit the bed and uh, fall in line and do the opposite. And there was a natural choice when it came to this, and that was Tennessee House Speaker... Cameron Sexton. Congratulations, Cameron. Wow. The first recipient of the J.D. Vance Award for Political Courage. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Cameron Sexton, truly deserving of this award. Oh, yes. And for those of you who may not recall, because this was, you know, this was back in like mid-May slash June, I think, which feels like a lifetime ago. Um, after a horrific mass shooting this past year in Nashville, Three state lawmakers, Gloria Johnson, Justin Jones, and Justin Pearson, joined protesters on the Tennessee House floor in supporting gun control measures. Uh, Cameron Sexton, the Speaker of the House, the de facto leader of the Tennessee House of Representatives for the Republican supermajority, felt threatened by the innocent acts of these three individuals in the Democrat supermajority that effectively has very little to no legislative power, uh, and supported calls for their expulsion. He ended up leading the effort to expel uh, two of them, both black lawmakers, for quote-unquote violating House rules, allegedly, when they joined these protesters in the Capitol, um, in the House floor. When pressed on claims that the trio were intending to cite violence, he couldn't find any. Uh, This is a great reporting by Phil Williams, as is from News Channel 5. The unusual protests on the House floor last week following the mass shooting at the Covenant School that left three nine-year-old children dead, along with three school employees. Uh, But instead of debating solutions on Thursday, a Republican-controlled House will consider the expulsion of three Democrats. They're the ones that have done something that's never happened, and they're the ones that pulled out a megaphone on the House floor and led the protest in the gallery, Cameron Sexton told them. When Sexton was pressed, "What what is your opinion? Should they be expelled? Cameron said, my opinion is they should. But when asked... Did they incite violence? Did they violate rules? He said, derp. Cameron Sexton could have been a champion, could have, this was national news. He had the ability to stand up to reason and do something courageous and show leadership, but he did not. Yeah. I think that this, this, this whole debacle of the Tennessee three is going to go down as one of the defining moments in Appalachia of 2023. And the fact that this man could not be bothered to even feign doing the right thing tells me just how much he deserved this truly incredible honor. A very deserving recipient. (laughs) If I can say so myself. On to 
one of my favorite categories, actually probably my favorite category, and one that I feel so passionate about this year, the Appalachian Statesperson of the Year. The winner is Rosemary Ketchum. And Wait, unlike it's not Cameron Jake- Sexton? <laughs> <laughs> unlike Cameron Sexton, Rosemary Ketchum is a groundbreaking, iconic West Virginian who was elected to Wheeling City Council in 2020, making her the first openly transgender woman to hold public office in West Virginia. She is now running for mayor of Wheeling, West Virginia, and would become the state's first openly transgender mayor. Look, I, I know that Rosemary's identity is what gets talked about so much when it comes to her uh, her political life. Mm-hmm. Why she deserves this award, though, has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that she is trans. Rosemary is is it like one of the most fierce <laughs> advocates for constituents that I have ever seen in West Virginia. She is constantly traveling going crisscrossing this state in order to support great causes to be there for events to be the kind of leader that this state desperately needs rosemary goes above and beyond i personally find her to be one of the most forward-thinking progressive politicians that we have the honor of of knowing in the state and i could not speak more highly of her and unlike cameron sexton rosemary actually has political courage absolutely and like there is no one who deserves this more than she does a hundred percent and something that you know i've tried to like follow some of the work she's done on the city council um admittedly i'm not great at following local politics as much as I would like to be. But I know that one of the things that she is really focused on is housing crisis and homelessness and wheeling. Um, And one of the accomplishments that she did while on the council was actually creating a city homelessness liaison coordinator to start trying to fix some of those systemic problems. Um, She also led the charge to expand public transit hours uh, and passed an ordinance that banned conversion therapy in wheeling, West Virginia. These are like all extremely important things for a variety of different reasons and things that truly matter at the local level. This is something that like, look, we talk about presidential politics and, and, and federal politics a lot because that's what gets the news. And, you know, it's always interesting, but what really affects people's lives for the, like, like consistently and mostly is local politics. Those are the things that truly affect you at the most personal level probably 90% of the time. That's what makes like jobs like what Rosemary has so important. And I like, she's been an incredible leader and I really am excited for her mayoral run. I'm sure that we have her on the show. Also, I really hope that she uh, capitalizes on um, doing a campaign sign that says Rose Mary M A Y O R. I love it. The worst pun, but Hey, I look, I think it'd be, awesome and hilarious but anyway she's great very deserving and so happy for her yeah congrats rosemary whoop, whoop. do you want to grab the next one sure uh appalachian writer slash author of the year this one is always a um competitive one we've had many winners in the past uh i think last year was nima avashia the winner mm-hmm. was that am i right 
Uh, I think so, yeah. Incredible book, another Appalachia. I mean, my God, like that, a great book and just a great person. Again, iconic. Absolutely. Um, the nominees were David Sibri of West Virginia Explorer and Storm Young, author of numerous mystery and children's books. And the winner is Storm Young. Let's go! Woo! Storm Young is a graduate of American Military University. She graduated with a bachelor's degree in legal studies, is now working on her master's degree. She also received the Anne Catherine Flagg Artist Award in 2022 and was a finalist for Best Author in West Virginia that year as well. She also won second in the Mid-Atlantic Author Society competition in the mystery category. Storm Young, another author that I hadn't but heard this. of, and I'm excited to check out the books. Yes, this this is exciting for me because I learned of another children's author, which, you know, I oh. love finding Appalachian children's authors. Um, and so definitely going to pick up some of her books for Maggie. Um, and this is really exciting for me because we got to elevate a really small like she's not a huge author. This is this is something that I think our listeners are going to be excited to learn about another author. Um, and and. This is for her, I think. She was really excited to be nominated. Congratulations, Storm. You really deserve it. And I'm excited. I hope we can have you on um, to talk about writing. Um, it, it just seems like you're doing really amazing things. And I love that you won this category. Yeah. I I also think it's really important to highlight children's authors, too. That's something that doesn't get talked about, I think, enough and should. But... Um, children's books have a huge impact on children, obviously, and how their view and perspective of the world is shaped. And so children's books, I don't think, are often elevated enough about their importance. So I'm really excited that th this person has written children's books, and we can highlight that and honor that because that's really, really cool. And, and that's something that we haven't really done before, other than like yeah. the things that you have mentioned reading to Maggie, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Well, congratulations, Storm. Hell yeah, um, I'm really, really excited for you. This next one. Woo! Big category. Big? Big category. <laughs> a lot of competition. <laughs> Big uh, delta between the two finalists of as far mm -hmm. as like their brand of entertainment. Couldn't be more different. Yeah, and again... Ah, we all of our followers slash listeners vote and nominate and vote on these awards. We do not influence them in any way. Appalachian Entertainer of the Year. This is a big category Berg. because it combined r several categories from last year, um, and it also there there are a lot of really good music, really good like stage really good stand-up i mean all of this like the entertainer encompasses so much arguably, so the competition was fierce arguably one of the biggest years for appalachian entertainment period yeah yeah so these two finalists um we were laughing because they couldn't be more different um when you when you think about them first up is andy marie who many of you might remember won one of our categories last year um i believe it was comedian of the mm -hmm. year um she's appalachia's papa the hillbilly pygmalion and friend of the show we love andy marie and uh the other finalist in this category is oliver anthony chuck do you remember what happened with oliver anthony this past year uh yeah and i was just say at the outset that like we um 
people voted for the finalists and voted on like the winners. We we don't choose the people that are included in this list. This is voted on based on our listenership and the people that follow us on social media. Just to be clear, um, Oliver Anthony went mega viral uh, for his song "Rich Man North of Richmond," which, um, among other things, blamed uh, people on welfare for like problems and taxes going up or something like that. Uh, not my thing, and uh, just kind of a you know a dumb stereotype about things that are way more complex than that. But uh, he does have talent, which I'll say that, and he's you know he's a good talented singer. Um, Got boosted, I think, probably by uh, right wing people with his song because it was in response. It was not in response to Tyler Childers' song, but like that, like this came at a time when Tyler. It Childers, happened pretty soon after. Yeah, I think that the boosting of it was in response to that because Tyler Childers, you know, had the audacity to put out a, a song with a music video about gay coal miners. God forbid. How dare he? Yeah, coal miners. None of them are gay. That's obvious, of course. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's the context surrounding like that song. But uh, it, needless to say, it went viral. Um, again, like Oliver Anthony, the guy's got talent. Uh, I think that he needs more perspective on poverty and the causes for, you know, systemic poverty and how it is totally. not the fault of welfare <laughs> recipients. But uh, that he was one of the nominees. So you know, that's that's that. Yeah. Yeah. And the winner of this category is Andy Marie. Thank God. Uh, love that our <laughs> listeners voted in that way. Uh, it wasn't even close. Yeah, I also just wish that she was my papa. I'm just going to say that. I... I, yeah, I mean, I wish that she was my sister. God, that would have been a fun house to grow up in. It would have been so fun. Oh, man, she's amazing. Congratulations, Andy. Um, I hope that you become a mega superstar. I, like, wish nothing but just the absolute best for her. Um, she's fabulous. And if we can ever help you out, Andy, let us know. I just hope this she next just gets one. anything she wants because she fucking deserves it. And you know what? I hope yeah. – I'm going to just say this. I hope that Oliver Anthony um, – gains more thoughtful perspective on poverty and uh you know has a worldview change i'm gonna just say that i'm gonna put that out in the world i hope that happens i like that i think uh from the virality comes growth question mark <laughs> probably not <laughs> i would love to believe that that were true about the internet and you know what new year yeah, new me maybe not. it will <laughs> Perhaps it will. Does the internet enable people to do to be the worst of themselves and reward horrible behavior, such as pranking people on the internet and paying them millions of dollars? Yes, but I choose to believe that it is possible. Boom. Thank you for your positivity. Done. I love it. And I love this next award. We're I'm about so to get a little negative, though. It. No, this is... I love this award. I am. I love that you came up with it, and I think it's very important. So this next award is the J. H. Blair Industry Integrity Award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, a truly exceptionally um, high level 
mover and shaker award given out to a company that ignored all obligations to their employees and the public this year and has continued to, even when given the opportunity to do the right thing, just like the last one, put the profit of their stockholders and the salary of their executives above the environment, human beings, and general Mm. moral conduct. Man, capitalism at its finest. Uh, Obviously, extremely competitive award. (laughs) (laughs) My God, what chomping at the bit to win this one. There's where do you even start? I don't even know who could win this because the list is a mile long. I am chomping at the bit to find out when when I reveal. I do think that you will agree. The winner of. The J.H. Blair Industry Integrity Award is Norfolk Southern. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) A true champion of that cause. Uh, Could not agree more. Wow. Yeah. For folks who don't recall. Yeah, give us um, a refresher. That was a hot minute ago. (laughs) Uh, Earlier this year, Norfolk Southern uh, had a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, that destroyed a town, destroyed the environment around it, um, destroyed several people's lungs, a lot of people's homes, um, and a lot of people's sense of safety um, where they live. Created, yeah, created a national crisis in the railroad industry. um, Not easy to do. (laughs) Not easy to do. um, And spilled so much toxic fluid that it, created a plume flowing down the Ohio River. So how how could you not just uh, think that they deserved this award? Congratulations to Norfolk Southern. I, I would say I'm going to actually dial back and say that while this award is competitive, looking back on that, I mean, it would be hard to compete. They created a plume. I mean. Right? It's really the only logical you know, company to get this award. They somehow put a small ass town in Appalachian, Ohio, that even we had never heard of on the map. And like one of probably the most Googled places in America this year, I would have to assume. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've also, I don't know. Well, actually you definitely don't know about this. So there now, if you don't live in West Virginia or the surrounding area of where that plume went, um, they're now airing ads. Norfolk Southern is airing advertisements on our TV. Like when we watch about it's um, making it right, like Norfolk NS making it right uh-huh. and about all of their recovery efforts and stuff. So I have to suffer through those ads, too, which is just like not only did they disregard all health and safety and create a plume and destroy the air in a town? Um, but now they're trying to tell us that actually they have a commitment to this place. You know, an important facet of this award that uh, that wasn't mentioned is just audacity. The audacity yeah. to do things like that and pretend yeah. like you can still be a good corporate citizen. And you know what? It takes a real lack of self-awareness to achieve that. And I cannot think of a better candidate for the J.H. Blair Industry Integrity Award than Norfolk Southern. So um, I would say congrats to them, but that's not the best word for it. I would say you are worthy of this award. 
Boom. Love it. <sighs> Knowing them, they would be like, oh, great, we won. Let's post that on our website. <laughs> and they would have no idea. So. That would be hilarious. I would <laughs> enjoy that so much. Oh, man. Uh, All right, you got this next one. Appalachian Artist of the Year. This one, always competitive, always interesting, and always introducing us to new and incredible creative people throughout the region. Um, and this year, no different. Uh, the finalists, Ella Floyd and Olivia Giannettino. Am I saying that right? Uh-huh. Okay. Awesome. I think so. That's how I was saying it. Uh, and if, if I get the presentation of that wrong, please forgive me and uh, reprimand me, and I will rectify that pronunciation um and the winner is ella floyd congrats Woo! ella ella is an interdisciplinary artist and f artist and filmmaker oh fuck ella is an interdisciplinary artist and film art and business fellow based in richmond virginia but reigning from the foothills of the appalachian mountains in southwest virginia uh, she left her rural practice to study photography and film at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, she is developing an ongoing project where light divides the holler, discussing themes of family archive and Appalachian folklore shown in her latest project, Kilmore. Outside of her personal practice, Floyd is currently working as the assistant to the producer at the Richmond International Film Festival. Uh, alongside her fellowship position, she continues to serve the greater Commonwealth area. When she's not developing projects, she enjoys spending time in nature, specifically rivers and waterfalls. Uh, love that. Love this. And also very interested in her work, uh, Where Light Divides the Holler. Sounds fascinating. And I know, I believe she was a nominee for this last year. Is that right? She was. She was. And I... I I've been trying to keep up with her since last year, and her work has just been so inspiring and creative. I I mean, she's she's been fabulous to watch grow over the last year, to watch kind of really come into her own as an artist, and I really feel that she deserves this award. She's done some incredible work, some really beautiful work, um, some really challenging work, and um, congrats, Ella. I, I just couldn't be happier for you. Absolutely, yeah, congrats. And this is an award, um, like I said, that has just opened us up to so many cool artists. I think one year, uh, Lacey Hale was the winner, and I've just been mm -hmm. in love with her stuff since. Um, and so I imagine that that will be the same with Ella. So congratulations to her and congratulations to Olivia for uh, being a finalist. I'm also going to check out her stuff too. And I hope that you do too. We'll put all the links in the show notes. So you can check all of them out. We are down to our final two categories. <sighs> yes, we are. Two the big two ones. Biggies. Big heavy yeah. hitters here. Huge. So I'll read this one because I have a, a personal connection to it. The first, uh, wait, no, the second year you gave out this award. I believe I won it. I thought it was the first. The first. It could, I, it could be the I first. I think it was I the first. I actually think you're right. I think the first The first year that you gave out this award, I won it. And um, it's been my favorite one ever since. So Appalachia's Rising Star. This one, every year, we get such cool nominations because this category is meant for the unknown. This is, this is the up-and-comers. This is the the... Who have we not seen yet? And I am so excited about this one. So the nominees are Jason Gill of Appalachian Ape Foraging and Rainia Zuri, Childhood Literacy Advocate. And the winner is Rainia Zuri. Woo. These are both very I... cool people. 
and so very happy. So cool. So cool and so deserving. Um, if y'all don't know who Rainy Azuri is, because um, they're not on, on social media. I, I mean, I couldn't really find them. Where I found the most information about them was in an article from Forbes magazine. Oh, shit. Um, talking about the youngest person to ever write a United States resolution. And at oh 18 years old, Rainy Azuri is the youngest person to ever author a United States Senate resolution. That's um, incredible. The bipartisan resolution. Yeah, it's amazing. The bipartisan resolution, um, which was sponsored by Joe Manchin and um, Susan Collins, Shelley Moore Capito and Angus King. So that's like a really good it's bipartisan. Um, we've got one Democrat, two Republicans and Angus King is in, is independent. Um, and it establishes that October 20th, 2023 was National Early Childhood Literacy Awareness Day, um, a day that aims to raise awareness about early childhood literacy, is literacy issues and encourage greater public support to help children achieve reading skills one book at a time. Damn. 18 years old. She's a Wikipedia page. My God. It's amazing. What a, I, I, like, I just... I love this person. Can't imagine a more deserving person. No, I'm... Okay, look. This is why the awards matter. And Callie can attest to this. Sometimes I'm like, awards, I don't know, should we do them this year? Because I'm a fuddy-duddy. And Callie was like, no, we need to. And I said, okay. Um, and I am so glad that, that we did them because I would have never known about this person. I'm honestly, I'm actually kind of ashamed that I didn't because this is something- Me too. How did we not know this? I'm very- pissed off that i didn't honestly right we cover this stuff for for like our it's our life <laughs> and we didn't know this first of all i'm sorry i'm sorry listeners i'm sorry rainia um that we missed this uh and whoever nominated them better for them thank you uh because this is yeah fucking awesome uh, like yeah. so cool and this person's like 18 19 years old um world ahead of them and they've already like made a huge a dent in, in book deserts and literacy and, and they're like 20 years old or 18 or what I don't know I've made up numbers here but you get the point this is so cool and just exactly the type of person that a snap launch and rising star it's like what we're looking for that's amazing yeah yeah damn this is the the kind of the kind of once in a year find that is so amazing to see um i want to have rainia on the show absolutely if any of you know rainia um let us know because it would be amazing um amazing to talk to them honestly good for them for not being on social media <laughs> right god bless you and continue that trend because we're all just dying here yep awesome that's so cool Last award, Chuck. Are you uh, ready to dive in? This is yes. This is um. This is a big one, the biggest. Some yeah. would say people are saying that. I I think so. Uh, and and two of the biggest names for yeah. this award that there could be Appalachian of the Year. Uh, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, probably the closest vote on this, separated by maybe like one or two votes. Yeah. Very close. The, probably the closest uh, we've ever had, perhaps. Yeah. So your vote matters, folks. Uh, your vote really matters. <laughs> two unimpeachably incredible people. 
for this award. Barbara Kingsolver is one nominee. Barbara Kingsolver, Pulitzer Prize winning author of Demon Copperhead, among and many other many fantastic others. books, including The Poisonwood Bible, one of my favorite books from uh, high school that I, I fell in love with her, her writing after that. And Crystal Good, uh, among many other hats that she wears, she's the publisher of Black by God, the West Virginian, uh, the only black-owned publication... News publication in West Virginia, I believe. Um, yep. Wear of many hats, and I, I don't even have them all to list, but uh, one of the most profoundly impactful people in Appalachian media and just a generally amazing advocate for the region. These two people, I am very happy that they are the finalists because I, I think that, especially in this moment in time, um, two very deserving people uh, from, I would say, like, very different, but somewhat similar realms. Like they're they're both in like a writing kind of space, but uh, but different realms mm-hmm. from that respect. Uh, what are your thoughts on these? Yeah. Before we, I'm going to tease this out a little bit before we say the winner. <laughs> yeah, um, I I was really excited about this one last year. Um, Appalachian of the year was Whitney, the Appalachian Forager, mm-hmm. um, and so to have such a different vibe to the category this year with writers and and kind of in the in the media liter like literary space i thought really defined this year you know last year was kind of the breakout of tiktok and so i think that's why we saw so many new names from that space Mm -hmm. and then this year i think that there was a huge appalachian writing kind of push forward you had the um you had black by god the west virginian doing these these um publishers or sorry this push for local journalists um like kind of a community journalist which was really really cool barbara putting out this book which highlighted appalachia to many people outside the region sparking what is one of the best conversations about the region that we've ever had, certainly a better conversation than the one sparked by JD Vance and Hillbilly Elegy. So I think it just to have these two shows the progress that we've made in the last five years, um, six years even. So I I think it show, it it really shows the growth of the region and, and of, uh, and the change that's developing here. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, both both women have have I think advanced the conversation, the national narrative about Appalachia in very very important ways. Um, I also want to say like Black by God is also like in addition to being an online publication, is a print publication too, which is yeah an incredibly difficult hard to do <laughs> in this day and age. I don't know how they do it, um, but they do, which is amazing. Uh, and Barbara Kingsolver. I mean, when was the last time that a Appalachian won the Pulitzer Prize? I don't even know. I think it was like forty-seven years ago or something, Damn. like a really long time ago. That's crazy. Well, um, this is a amazing award, and uh, the winner, uh, a narrow race. Winner is Barbara Kingsolver. That's the Barbara King Solver. Congratulations. Well you'll, put, you'll put this right next to your Pulitzer Prize, I'm sure. 100%. Yes. I mean, on the, the tier of awards, we're not as audacious to say that we are better than the Pulitzer, but certainly second. 
I mean, all I have to say is we selected Demon Copperhead as our inaugural pick for our book club. And then it won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh-huh. Correlation. So, Post hoc ergo proper hoc. Perhaps. Perhaps. So for those <laughs> for those for the, who don't know lawyer speak, that is it happened after it, so it must be because of it. Uh yeah, and I I definitely didn't learn out law school. I learned that from the West Wing. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. I do have that. It's like the first episode. Yeah, or it was, it's in the first season for sure. Uh that's so funny. Yeah. So just saying, like, you know, for those of you wanting to win a Pulitzer, uh the stepping stone is our book club, so just be aware. Um, so yeah. check out Demon Copperhead, all of Barbara Kingsolver's works. Check out Black by God, the West Virginian, and everything else that Crystal is doing. Both are are very incredible. Also, like subscribe to them, give them a little bit of money each month. I need to re up my subscription yeah. actually. Um, a great category and a great uh, a great award to cap things off. Yeah, absolutely awesome. What a year. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I love an election year. I'm ready for 2024, ready to leave 2023 behind I, me, honestly. I'm glad somebody is, because I <laughs> don't know that I am. I I know. You guys, all of our listeners are going to be like, Chuck, you have to make Callie stop talking about politics on the podcast. And you all stay, stay happy, stay fun. See you later. I don't know why it says stay happy, stay fun. That was stupid. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy year. It's going to be a great year. Um, I'm excited about it. We're going to make it fun. We are going to make politics tolerable for you. That is our goal. That is our promise to you. And we're going to find the goodness. We're going to find the levity. And we're going to help you get through this year. Because if you're if you're not looking forward to it, if you're worried, hey, um, our fragile what is left of a shell of a democracy is um, on the line, you're not alone. Uh, but we're going to help you get through it through humor, through facts, through knowledge, through levity. We're going to get you mm-hmm. there. We're going to be here for you. Oh, Chuck, it was a great year to be your partner again. I loved it. Love every minute of it. And uh, let's keep this going for Chuck's watch forever. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> In perpetuity, at least, you know, until like um, one of us kicks the bucket or podcasting ends up disappearing when we have a cyber attack on our country that wipes out all of our wow. internet infrastructure. I mean, that'll, all right, whatever, guys. We're... But then we'll just go on tour. We'll just go on speaking tour at like college campuses. You know how the angry people with megaphones and big signs, that'll be us, but we won't be, we won't be angry. We'll just be like, do you know about Appalachia? And that'll be what's on our have sign. You heard of we App just have a megaphone that says, we're not a monolith. <laughs> that would be funny. We should do that anyway. <laughs> Oh, we're going to do a pirate radio station that would... if that happens, yeah. We're just going to do that. We're going to be like, hey, guys, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, we'll get involved in ham radio. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, there is a very <laughs> niche, very dedicated community to that, and I'm into it. We did that in Boy Scouts. It was yeah. very weird. There were some weird people involved with it, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, that's with everything, though. Anyway, resolution, get involved with ham radio. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. On that note. Bet you didn't see that one coming. I, I certainly didn't. 
Oh my god! I'll, I mean, here's all to right. a great no. year. Uh, let's get it off of the bang. Thank you all for sticking with us this whole time, and uh, we're coming back. To, we'll be back, not this coming Monday, but next Monday, the fifteenth. More at Podlatcha. The views expressed on this show are solely the personal views of Chuck Cora and Callie Pruitt, the hosts of this show. They do not reflect the views, opinions, or beliefs of their employers, and they never will. It just, it never will. So please, don't ever think that they do.